Whenever. Live again. Oh, man. <laughs> Same location twice in a row. Yeah. The new it. home of the Poor Quality Podcast located in Central Los Central Angeles. Street in Glendale, <laughs> California. Yes, in downtown. If you were That's, to look at us, if you were to look at us recording the podcast from this temporary location, mm-hmm. you'd think we'd fucking made it. You if might think, yeah, this is this studio. is quite the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a huge. I don't know how many square feet it is, but a pretty big. You know what I heard about? You know, Will I am. Yeah, you ever met him personally by any chance? Uh, no, I know people who have. I know oh. people who work with him. So Will I am apparently he has a recording studio in L.A. somewhere. Mm-hmm. And when you go in there, it is just like, I don't even know how functional it is, but apparently it looks like a sci-fi set yeah. inside. Like everything is just like pure white and there are no sharp edges on anything. So all this is like all this weird proprietary right. or at least the shelling of all the equipment is like this proprietary sci-fi thing. Yeah. Well, apparently he's uh, a complete. I don't want to say idiot, but he's oh, very, yeah. very into all this tech stuff, but mm-hmm. apparently has little to no understanding of how any of it actually works. Or Oh, people, people have talked about him. Well, he did this, um, didn't he? he did some Microsoft, like, I think it was from Microsoft anyway. He did like a lecture type thing where he started talking about <laughs> memory chips awesome. or something. That sounds fucking and awesome. And he completely, it, it wasn't even convincing bullshit. It was, he's selling USB sticks. He had no idea what he was like. Yeah, you know, I can't remember. It was a while ago. But that sounds fucking. Great, I definitely remember honestly. that going around. But then yeah. I know someone who met him who also doesn't know anything about technology. But she yeah. said he would come up to her all the time and just go on about it, like just apropos of nothing, nothing so, to do with what they were doing. Like no, he was just no repeating work. whatever he just read on some Yahoo ask. Yeah, like Gidget dot com or whatever. Yeah, yeah like he he would Gizmodo maybe. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, wired. Would, yeah, yeah, but he would he would do that without uh, any kind of introduction to it. He would just go up and like recite a bunch of facts about something. <laughs> but even she, as a luddite, was like, "I was sure half of it wasn't true." <laughs> yeah, he, he was talking about how you know people already in China have memory chips in their brain that optimize oh, not true. <laughs> optimize their brain power. I mean, he's literally taking his knowledge from movies like. What's that stupid one with Bradley Cooper who takes that pill? Um, oh, shit. Limitless. Limitless, yeah. Yeah. It unlocks movie. the other 90% of your brain. Yeah. Because that's oh, based wait. on this fucking stupid thing yeah. that you used to see shared around as like a meme or a motivational quote or whatever. It's like, you know, we only use 10% of our brain at any given time. It's like, yeah, that doesn't mean that there's like another 90% you unlock. It, right. It means that at any given point, you're only using 10% of it. It doesn't mean that there are whole, there's like, I think they see it as like a brain. And then, like, a tiny little fraction of it is ever being used. And then the rest is like, oh, who knows what's in there? It's like, no, you're using all of it, but only 10% of the time. Like a, like a computer. A CPU I, I, only uses, like, yeah. about 10%. I, I kind of always assumed that they were talking about the mass of your brain. Like, like, like I assumed your brain has a lot of mass that's not necessarily doing anything at any given moment. Uh, that could also be true. I know I that mean, it's not what people make it out to it's sound like. like it's, whatever it is, it's wrong. Oh, you can unlock yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's absolute nonsense. <laughs> but that's what that entire movie was predicated on, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, right, we'll give him a pill that will unlock that upper 90% of his brain. Dude, I got to get that. I got to get that pill, dude. Yeah. What, what kind of pill would that be? Because we've got blue pill, blue red chills. pill. 
No, it's, it's gonna be blue shoes. Yeah, which I just learned about this weekend. I didn't know that it was so easy to get. How do you not know? You don't like drugs. that's. Like, I swear to God, blue shoe is the sponsor on like five different podcasts. I don't listen to podcasts. Uh, you so got to start. And How do you I know do? about Mailchimp <laughs> or uh, or? Uh, what are the other great... Uh, Stamps.com I mean, always. Yeah, Stamps.com. Uh, Do you hate going to the post office? There's yeah. some weird ones now where it's like they're they're selling you, I mean, like some kind of suit. You know, they're claiming that they can get you really good suits. Well, they cheaper. were doing uh, something called Trunk Trunk Club. Oh, yeah, Trunk Club. For a while. That was like mail-in high fashion. Yeah. Like they, they, you went and got, I don't even know if you went anywhere, but you measured yourself or you gave them your measurements yeah, and they yeah. sent you they a trunk you a of new of clothes, clothes and you just bought the ones you wanted and sent the rest back. Yeah. But the thing is, the prices on the ones they, that you keep are extortionate. Yeah. They're, they're like exorbitant prices. And it's really like, okay, you could go to a fucking store. And I mean, I understand what their angle is, but this is not interesting. This is, uh, we should, um, well, I want to announce our next new sponsor. Next new sponsor. Our newest sponsor coming up next. Who's that? Uh, I don't know. Awesome. I had something. I had something real funny planned. Well, I had something real funny in there. That's all right. I, I think there's an edit point somewhere back there. <laughs> we'll come in when we, when we start to pick up. Oh, that's right. I'm in a show right now. I'm uh, for those of you for those of you in the listening audience. It's I'm, cool. <laughs> it's, cool. it's called Dad, Dad colon. A paternal immersive experience. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the whole the full title, right? Yeah, well, there's no colon actually, but it it's is just it's just ones in bigger line, bigger yeah. ones in bigger font and ones in smaller font. Mm. Um, it went good, you know. I got paired with a lot of interesting people. Well, explain uh, roughly what the so people <laughs> oh, have so, no idea. Oh, right. What this stuff the is. concept is essentially that uh, it's an immersive show, which means you interact with the actors. Yeah. And there are six audience members at a time, and each of you become dads. Right. And uh, and which what that means is you get uh, an adult actor in makeup mm-hmm. to uh, be your child. And to be honest, the extent of yeah. the makeup really was some like red. Yeah, rouge exactly. On your it was white yeah. face. It was white face and red rouge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because apparently that's what children yeah. look like. I didn't even shave my beard. It looked more like uh, that scene in Schindler's List where the Jews are rubbing blood on their face to try and make themselves, <laughs> make themselves look less pale. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's exactly what it looked like to me. Yeah, so you do that, and um, your child will guide you through many scenarios. This is playing at a Zombie Joe's Underground. Yeah. Uh, fully fully promoting it now. Fully, well. fully immersive show. Yeah. Fully immersive show. That doesn't happen a lot at that venue. And it's cheap, too. And it's only $15, guys. Yeah. $15. I saw it yesterday, and for $15, it's, you more than get your money's worth. Was that so? Did you have fun? Didn't seem like you did. I mean, I not, never you, not like... you. No, not you personally. <laughs> I just mean, like, I wouldn't have guessed that you would enjoy that show. I did. Because it's loud and... Really, you did? Yeah, I did. Well, oh, I thought it was okay. well-staged to the point where... I mean, actually, I guess it's a plus and a minus uh, mm-hmm. that you get completely... You get a completely individual track, I guess. Everyone who goes in there gets a, yeah, from what I understand, pretty different experience because you each mm-hmm. get assigned one quote-unquote child. Yeah. So a different actor, and they take you around on their own path, and mm-hmm. everyone gets a bit of a different experience, so, as far as I know. At yeah. least comparing notes with my wife, 
seem like we got pretty different shows. Yeah, if you come back and you get a different kid, there's gonna there's, that's the trick. Yeah, what's that? That that's the well, bill. Yes, but also money grabbing. What I was gonna say is uh, <laughs> what I was gonna say is uh, if you come back, you will get a slightly not slightly. You'll get like out of the if you do six scenes in the show, I think uh, four of them will be different and two of them will be the same. Like there's right. some overlap between each yeah, track. Yeah, I, I heard a couple of yeah. small similarities. Right, um, even then, but even it's so, it's like yeah. exactly. So like there are certain scenes like me and two other actresses have the same scene in quotes, which is to say we all do a scene where we get inside of a tent. Uh, yeah, I got that with mine. But um, my scene is completely different from theirs, and you know, each, yeah. theirs is each different from each other's. Right, like because we just it's just up to us what we decide to do or say in that tent. Yeah. You got talked to about global warming, I assume. I got talked to about global warming. Well, that's not spoil, you know. Oh, sorry. Heaven yeah. forbid someone gets mine. I I guess it doesn't matter if I if I give the name cuz you mm-hmm. get to name your child. That's correct. It's not that they don't have character yeah. names. You get to name them right at the beginning that's there. Immersive, right? And I named mine. I panicked. I had this mm. girl who was asking like insisting that I name her. Yeah. I I called her Chlamydia. Right. <laughs> which uh you know, then throughout the show she kept getting referred to as chlamydia or introducing yeah. herself as chlamydia to other people, yeah. which I don't know if it's threw anyone off or not, but I, I, I think no, I ended up was... saying it's an Italian name, you know, <laughs> something like that. Bouncing. Well, if you like, if you like, uh, if you like a little bass, like <laughs> I mean, you do, from what I can tell, you do kind of have pretty free reign of what, what, uh, well, free choice of what to do and how to react in any given scene. Which how to, what I, to say, yeah. You don't have a choice over where you go, but you have yeah. a choice of what to do once you're there. Yeah, so you can kind of shape the scene however you uh, however you want it to, really. Yeah. So if, let's, uh, for instance, you know, uh, your, your boss is mad at you at work, you have the choice to be very apologetic or you mm-hmm. have the choice to be obstinate and mm-hmm. basically throw your apron at him. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, there's um, your kid will react differently depending on you know your kid might take right. your boss's side, your kid might take your own side. Your, yeah. You know. No, it seems um, like there's a lot of uh, a lot of options. So it probably does bear going to more than once. Honestly, as far as uh, as far as shows at that venue go, I think it's one of the most ambitious in recent memory. It really is. Yeah, especially and, for such a low price point. Yeah, and I'm not sure how long it actually was, but it felt like you got quite a lot. It's about of, 25 minutes. About 25 minutes. So, yeah. yeah, it felt like you got quite a lot of time in there, yeah. and um, it didn't really. I mean, it didn't really even have time to to sag at any points, really. You know, it didn't. It it, it was so one scene yeah, to the next to the next to the next to the next. Yeah, that you didn't yeah. get a chance to. Because in a lot of these shows, these immersive shows, you you know they will say it's an hour long immersive experience, and then oh, yeah. about twenty five minutes of that is spent sitting waiting for something to happen, or oh, yeah. or in some kind of filler scene, which you know yeah. is clearly just crowd management. So you're not really getting a full show. Whereas this is twenty five minutes, and there's not a moment in it really where you're left wondering what to do or. Uh, anything, the classic, yeah. the classic time filler is. Uh, I understand they do this at the Willows. Is they playing a game? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. a classic. Yeah, I've I've been in plenty of shows where you're quite clearly wasting time. Yeah. yeah. So you're here, here's where time, we'll put right. you to ignore you for a few minutes or. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No. So this one doesn't do that, and uh, not a brand uh, shout out. To, well, yeah, we can of shout course, him out. Yeah. Right? You won't mind. Yeah, Brandon Slezak, uh does a lot of shows there and. 
they're always unusual. I mean, he he became a bit like me. He became immersive by mistake. Like mm-hmm. he didn't quite he, the first show he ever did. He didn't, as far as I know, didn't even really act before. And then he put on the show uh, yeah. called Together a few years ago, which was like, I mean, similar in the sense where you go in and you're supposed to have been invited to like a fundraiser type yeah. thing. Uh, and it was kind of immersive in that way and kind of free reign too. And he had no idea, according to him, he said he didn't even know that was really a thing. He, he, he said that was just his idea for a show and then realized that there was a whole, sort a of whole sub-genre market, yeah. of... Yeah, so then whether he likes it or not, he's... He's immersive. He's immersive now, yeah. He's immersive now. But he always... His shows are always interesting. In, always in the sense that... Zany. You, they're zany, but they're also, even in terms of format, because he doesn't pay too much attention to other immersive shows, I don't think. Mm. I don't think he goes to many. And, no. You know, he's kind of out of all of that. So you don't get anything really repeated. Like, any of his shows... Give or take like, a couple of things which are ubiquitous among all immersive shows. Most of them are pretty unique in the sense that yeah. uh, you're not going to have seen a show like Dad before, I don't think. No, and he's know? he's mindful. Like He doesn't go to a ton of shows, but he's mindful enough and pays enough attention to know like what's been done a million times and what, what hasn't. Like yeah. there, was an, there was an idea pitched in the show innocently by an actor who doesn't even know immersive about like, Oh, what if we like marked our participants up a little bit? And he yeah. was like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." Except pretty much every immersive show leaves some kind of mark on you because yeah, they want yeah. you to take a picture. So let's just avoid that. It's been done. I so mean, like, even yeah. avoiding that because that would be one of those things where I'm like, you know, it's so ubiquitous it doesn't even feel like yeah. copying. Yeah, you know, every every show you're left with, I've some done it. kind of mark. Yeah, yeah to help me too. Because people do like to take photos. At yeah, the end. <laughs> that's promo. Yeah, 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 that's promo. So, but no, I kind of, I kind of admire that he yeah. ignores a lot of that stuff. But yeah, it's really cool. And fifteen dollars, twenty, twenty-five minutes of your time, you really can't go wrong. And also, I don't know. I was actually saying to Brandon that one of the things that I thought was most interesting about the show is that I don't know a lot of immersive shows. And to be fair, it is a shorter show. But, like, I don't know a lot of immersive shows where you get put with one actor and you're with that one actor from yeah. start to finish. Yeah. There are plenty of immersive shows that have guide characters, they uh-huh. call them. But, like, you usually lose your guide, like, 15 minutes in and right. then you get a new guide or a new guy, like in Delusion, right? Yeah, like, yeah, someone yeah. gets murked and then you're, yeah. now you're with uh, Jamis Scotty. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For 40 minutes and then you're with Katie and then yeah, before yeah. that you were with Dasha. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that about it. And I like, you know, again, in terms of crowd management, they managed to get, uh, what, groups of six or so? Six, yeah. Yeah, so you have six people with individual mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. <laughs> and you're sort of, you, you don't really cross paths that often with, mm-hmm. with other people, but you'll see them running around. And like, I saw a bunch of characters in there that I never even interacted with. But yeah. then it's kind of, if you go with other people and you're all going to get separate experiences, then you get to compare notes. And yeah. I mean, like I said, it probably does warrant going going back once or twice. Well, yeah, I'm glad you yeah. liked it. No, I thought it was cool. I wow. like my actress too. I thought she was, she was good. Nico, she's great. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. No, she was cool. She's always going to be chlamydia in my head. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think I was Sabrina's kid at one point. I was twins. Uh, yeah. uh, so if some if we're short, some people will double up with one mm. parent as twins. I did wonder about that. Yeah. yeah, if we're short, some people will double up. Uh, so we had I was twins with um, this little blonde girl Cynthia, and uh, Sabrina named us like Paul and Rwanda. Paul and Rwanda. Yeah, like the country. Yeah, or like the city. What not, is not a country. Well, yeah, it's, it's uh, a country in Africa. Isn't yeah, it? but it's not a particularly. It's not one that's got a very. 
No, not a good rep. Good history, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Should have called you Hootie and Tootie. <laughs> oh, that would rule. Yeah. <laughs> that's topical. That is very topical. That's a that's a joke that only smart people, only people who've seen only the Hotel smart Rwanda people with, will get that one. <laughs> <laughs> if you know a thing or two about Rwandan genocide, yeah, then you're our target audience. You gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. I had an African friend in junior high, and he would talk about the Rwandan genocide. <laughs> I don't even know if I don't in even glowing know. terms or. Yeah, he was like, I miss it. <laughs> I miss those days. Those were the days. You can't get a good genocide in America. No, I guess yeah. like I guess like um Africans who like lived in America at least. Mm-hmm. Uh Hotel Rwanda was like I mean at least I look, okay, let me rephrase that. This one kid. Right. <laughs> his one friend of mine. <laughs> all these Africans. He was saying yeah. that he and his family all went to go see Hotel Rwanda, like in the same way that like my Christian friends went to go see Passion, Passion of the, the Christ. Christ. Yeah, they yeah. All dressed up and stuff. Yeah. No, really, like he was like, Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I had to go watch. He's like, This movie's depressing. I don't really want to see it. We're on like seventh grade, yeah. you know what I mean? He doesn't have the reverence. <laughs> He's just like from what I remember, is is it's not even an amazing movie, but uh, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle, yeah. But there was a uh, what was that film with Leonardo DiCaprio doing the South African accent? Blood Diamond, Blood Diamond, yeah, hell yeah, everyone that's loves a movie. that. Wasn't that movie like exploitive as hell? I thought that movie uh, was like an action movie. It's a bit. It's better than yeah. that. It, it does kind of yeah. go into all the you know. The wrongdoings of the illegal diamond trade and stuff, but yeah. and the warlords and all of that kind of yeah. stuff, child soldiers. It's decent, uh, but I remember at the time being annoyed because I had a, um, I too had an African friend mm-hmm. in the school. We were probably seventeen at this point, um, and he was from Zimbabwe, which mm-hmm. is where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is from too, Rhodesia, as he calls it. Yeah, and. Um, Everyone was going around like they do that kind of thing where they're like, "Oh, his accent is terrible." Like, you know, Leonardo, his his South African accent. How stupid does that sound? Blah blah blah. Bear in mind, no no one knows any South Africans really. Yeah. And then my friend Chennai, who's from Zimbabwe, doesn't speak with the typical like Afrikaner South African accent, Mm -hmm. but um, he was just like, "Yeah, no, it was really good." It was a really, really solid white guy South African accent. Well, you remember when I was doing that accent in my show? I was doing a British accent. You were doing it. That was not a South African accent. No, I know. But remember, though, I was doing a British accent, and a Mm. bunch of Americans came through, and some of them even messaged you, like, oh, wait till you get a load of Max's accent. Yeah, Garbage accent. And you, from England, you were like, well, look, it's not an accent anyone actually has. But it was consistent. It's the kind know? of accent yeah. that you'd expect from a fantastical British exactly. uh, yeah. bookworm. But it was consistent. Know? My vowels were all in check. I thought check. it was a very yeah. solid accent, honestly. Thank you. I thought it was very good. And then I did a South African accent in a show that I that did. That was really good, too. Everyone considered me British. <laughs> oh, really? They didn't even yeah. recognize me? <laughs> everyone assumed I was British. But then when I was doing something in my own accent... Um, South Africa. Is that how they talk? South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, the only reason that I picked it up pretty well is because I had a girlfriend who was South African. So, yeah. you know, you start to pick it up. Oh, um, it's a hideous accent. I eh. can't stand the South African accent. The South African accent and the Welsh accent are both awful. <laughs> With the South African accent, I think it depends who's using it. Like, sometimes I've heard it and it's quite nice. Uh, it, it gets weird when people have kind of lost it a bit. Like Elon yeah. Musk has lost his. But I didn't even know that's where he was from. Yeah, he's South African. He's lost it. And then there's a, you can hear it every now and then. That always just sounds odd when you're essential. Anyway, that's enough about accents. 
Well, no, it's not. Because what's the Welsh accent? Is it Welsh? If you're Welsh, you're you're always up here at the end. Of this, uh, yeah, it's kind of an upward inflection. No, that's like yeah, Liverpool. I, I, I don't uh, know what I'm doing. I mean, on the on the talk? spot is kind of hard to yeah. do. One usually, if I try and do an accent, I try and imitate something or, yeah. or someone. And uh, the thing Jamie about John Welsh, Ronson. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> he he's kind of lost his. Yeah. Like, the thing about the Welsh is that they, just, I think, they sort of try and lose it because it's a pretty, it's pretty unpleasant dumb. accent. Yeah, I mean, well, is it also a marker of being it, it just, of a lower uh, class? Uh, no, it doesn't really have that. Like a southern uh, accent uh, is here. No, it's not quite like that. It honestly, it just sounds a bit kind of like wimpy and mm. and a bit silly. Mm. It's kind of a it's kind of a joke. So you know they'll talk like I don't know, give me a sentence or something. Um, <laughs> like hello, know. I'm from Wales. You know, like so it is. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's, that it's, it's a lot of up and lilting. down. Yeah, lilting inflections and uh, but it, they tend to always have quite high voices. You know, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah. And they, it just doesn't sound very strong. So like Christian Bale's from Wales originally, and oh, I wouldn't have he's never, lost I would his. Never guessed, uh, yeah. Michael Sheen, another Welsh actor. Really? What the fuck? Yeah, what but they all secret they, Welsh. They lose it, yeah, because the it's secret not. Welsh. Imagine going for an audition and speaking in your natural accent. Yeah, and you go into the audition and you're reading for like you know well, whatever, wait, what and then is, you're like, "Hello, what is Tom Hardy in Locke? That's a Welsh, Welsh accent, right? Which I don't know. I don't, <laughs> it was a very good Welsh accent too, but I don't yeah, no, know I mean, yeah. why he did that because his character is, lives in um, presumably somewhere about an hour and a half away from yeah. London, so I, I, maybe the Midlands or Birmingham or somewhere like that, and he's driving down to London, but he's speaking the the whole. Right, with a Welsh accent. I'm sure there is some reason that he decided to yeah. do it that way. But well, well, here, what does he say in Locke? He's like, he says a lot of things. He's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to watch the game with you, son. <laughs> yeah, you're you have Welsh to cook accent the, work. Cook the sausages on your own? I like Remember that. Remember that kid is like really concerned that, about the that, sausages in the game? That kid seems like... Yeah, no wonder. D- no developmentally wonder stinted. Yeah, stunted, sorry. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm going to get another baby. It was a good accent. It was a good accent, but yeah, kind of inexplicable why they chose it. Well, I like that movie though. That was a good yeah, movie. you do, don't you? I thought it was good. I think yeah. that's one of the movies that we disagree on pretty I thought heavily. It was good. I just, I, thought, I don't know. I, I guess I don't hate it. It's a pretty good movie for, especially for what it is. It's like a chamber piece of yeah. just uh, real time. I guess him driving down to London when yeah. he's, he's gotten some woman pregnant and he's having yeah. to make a bunch of phone calls. He's having to deal with like some construction business thing. The ones that that was the one thing I didn't like about it is that he keeps uh, talking to his dad, is presumably dead yeah, or that's absent, all week. Yeah. father, and he's making these really obvious uh, kind of metaphors you know parallels between the foundation of a building that he's working yeah. on and like the foundation of a life I remember and he's that, yeah. to his dad going like well you see the problem is if you don't have the right concrete no matter how well you build the building it's just going to fall down you know Hell yeah it was kind of strange <laughs> I mean, even just the dad's like in the back seat in some bits, right? You don't actually see him. No. Oh, you don't ever you, see no, him. No, you just see a reflection. Uh, you see him looking in his rearview mirror, and there's no one there, but oh. you, you can tell that's what he's envisioning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Man, uh, enough about Locke. American Hustle. Uh, We're just revamp revisiting <laughs> movies from like 2014. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the greats. So I'll tell you what I did see, though, which what? I know you were curious to see. Don't know if you saw it yet. Uh, did you see Rocket Man? No, I didn't see it. Oh, I saw that. I've heard yeah. good things. It's pretty good. It's oh, really? So this wasn't a this wasn't like <laughs> it's not Bohemian like Rhapsody. Rhapsody. I mean, the thing is, it's always going to be favor- favorably or otherwise compared with 
Bohemian Rhapsody because Same it came out and, yeah. pretty much. Well, they're both music biopics about seventies, eighties rock stars, and uh, yeah, came out within a year of each other. And the director of Rocket Man got brought in to finish Bohemian Rhapsody because Brian Singer got fired. So yeah, you'd imagine that they'd be similarly kind of dull and yeah, stupid, but it is pretty entertaining. Uh, Nothing too egregiously bad in it. The, the actor is really good. Yeah. Uh, Taron Edgerton or something like that. Yeah. The guy who plays the guy Elton, who plays John. Elton John. And Yeah, then Taron Edgerton. Jamie yeah. Bell's playing uh, Boney Taupin. Yeah, like they're all really good. Um, it, the, he's a good singer, too. Oh, Boney Taupin's in it? Yeah, obviously. Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, Bernie Taupin wrote all the lyrics. Well, I know, but I'm saying like the Bohemian Rhapsody fucking biopic changed so many things around. I wouldn't oh, be sure. No, like, no, it no. seems like it's a better story if that, Elton John it, did it all alone. That would be outrageous if they'd made of that. Of course, call. but it's also outrageous that they, you know. Well, Elton John produced it. It's like it was his sort of project. Oh, so okay. he's alive and he's producing it. So obviously, like, there is a lot of. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it seems like there's a lot of score settling. Going oh on. yeah, a lot of needless to say, I had the last laugh type. <laughs> Dude, did, did, I don't know anything about Elton John. Did him and Bernie Taupin fall out toward no. the end of his life? Or? No, actually, I mean, it says at the end that apparently to this day they've still never had an argument. They they were remarkably because uh, you could imagine in a situation like that where one guy's writing all the lyrics and then the guy who performs gets way more famous yeah. and he's the rock star. Uh, so you'd imagine there might be some rivalry or. Uh, Bitter lemons, something yeah. like that, and apparently never. Apparently, they've never had any kind of quarrel over it. Elton what, John always said he couldn't write lyrics, and this guy could, but he didn't want to do the music parts. So. I wonder what that writing process is like. Does Elton John sit down and go, "All right, no, 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 no"? It's quite well known, but you'll see it in the movie too. Is that they never actually wrote in the same room ever? It was always Bernie Taupin would hand him sheets of paper with lyrics on them, and he'd work out. Uh, work oh, out the songs around. So, the, so he didn't write to the melody. The melody was put to the words. Uh, he would have sense. the yeah. He would have yeah. the words, and then he'd figure it out on the piano. And so the Bernie melody. Taupin didn't get chords or anything. No, nothing. No, he Bernie Taupin would essentially write poems, poems. with choruses. Yeah. You know, poems designed to be put songs. to music, but without any actual music. Wow, in. that's crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a very odd uh, process. There's, there's yeah. actually a documentary that I watched a clip of. Um, a little after I saw the movie, where you can see Ellen John, they're filming him in a series. It's like, yeah, so I've got, you know, I've got like this one, for instance, it's about his girlfriend, mm-hmm. starts figuring something out, and it's a Tiny Dancer <laughs> before oh, really? he recorded it. So, yeah. yeah, you can hear him like figuring out Tiny Dancer on the piano. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird, kinda though, when you think about it. Like, so Bernie Taupin wrote any known Elton John song. By the way, I think his name is Bernie Taupin. I, yeah, it, it, is, it yeah, is. Yeah, right. Bernie Taupin, any known Elton John song, Bernie Taupin wrote the lyrics for it, right? I think he wrote all of them. All yeah. of them, right? More or less. Isn't uh, it like funny for... to think about? Because it's like, when songs have dumb or bad lyrics, if it's music, yeah. you're like, okay, well, yeah, it's music. But like to think that someone sat down and wrote like, Pirate the lyrics style. to... <laughs> or like Crocodile Rock. Right, yeah. And like, yeah. he's like... I remember when I was young. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I like, think he would always do it knowing where it was going to end up. <laughs> sure, you know, so yeah. it's not quite like poetry or anything. Yeah, he was probably like, "This is like a this would be a good this would be a good hook, yeah. or this would be a good line or whatever." Yeah, but <laughs> the, no, apparently they had a very good relationship. the The only thing that um that makes that not work quite so well with the biopic because it is, even though it, it does have some flair to it, it's. It's still kind of a traditional biopic, you know. Yeah. It's, it hits all the same beats, you know. 
uh, childhood, getting into music and then working it out, a parent saying that he'll never make it, and then he does make it, and mm-hmm. then he gets into drugs and whatever, and you know, all of that, and he has a redemption. And, yeah. Yeah, so all of that's there, but uh, the way they do a lot of it is, you know, it's kind of like a jukebox musical. In fact, one of my criticisms of it would be that it seems like it was designed to eventually be a Broadway musical oh that makes it's sense. written that way like it's written that so that it would be very easily adaptable into a broadway show and i you know, give it five years i bet you'll see that come to pass could you, you know? in good conscience call it a musical i mean like like Ye- is there are the song performance parts like extended or are they uh just like really brief well um a little bit of both they're, they're not extended because they have a runtime and they're really trying to get as many songs as possible in to mm. it so you'll have some songs that will only last a minute they'll be like, all right you've heard enough one verse and one chorus everyone yeah. knows this song we don't need to do a whole yeah. number for it but you do have like big song and dance numbers that are obviously fantastical yeah as you, you know? say there's like a lot of fantasy sequences in it sort yeah of, right? and they are yeah. all very broadway-esque it, it yeah. honestly seems more like it had been adapted from a broadway show mm-hmm. rather than the other way around uh, but the problem with doing that, for instance, you know, it's not really a spoiler to say that some at some point he gets so drug- on drugs and in trouble and depressed that he uh, attempts suicide by uh, taking a bunch of pills and jumping into a pool, right? Okay. And then they play Rocket Man wow. for that whole suicide sequence. That's cool. Yeah, you think it's cool, but <laughs> the problem that I have with it is that, first of all, everyone knows, and it's made very clear in the movie, that Elton John didn't write any of the lyrics to any of the songs. Oh, so it's kind of, right, it doesn't yeah. quite work that they're supposed to signify a certain point in his life or anything because you know that That's true, right. usually Bernie Taupin writing songs about his girlfriend or whatever. So yeah. that didn't quite work and it also didn't quite work that, you know, Rocketman, as far as I can interpret from the lyrics, is a song about uh, an astronaut who misses his wife. You know, it's like, yeah. it's not, it doesn't seem to be really appropriate for a suicide scene but well i, I it guess it's how largely it. about it's broadly about just isolation right yeah, yeah. It, it's still I'm, I'm not sure i'm sure there wasn't a better elton john song to choose that's that true <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't done many songs about suicide as far as i know but yeah no it's pretty good it's pretty good and it's uh you know they they, they say cunt in it which is kind of surprising because oh. whereas bohemian rhapsody if you if you're gonna do if you're going to do a biopic about someone who was a little bit... What I'm saying is that Bohemian Rhapsody was PG-13. Oh. That featured Freddie... Freddie uh, fucking pink-socking Mercury, right? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Pink-sock? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Freddie Mercury, who was notoriously a fucking... Devious, yeah. bit of a deviant, and a, at, at, at the very least, a, a bit of a wild card. Yeah. Uh, but they gave him a PG-13 movie where I think the worst thing he says is like, oh, damn, I've got AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the Elton John one, which you think would be tamer, actually, no, it's, it's pretty full on. Is it rated R? Yeah, rated R. I heard there's like a, a there's a big old sex scene, scene in it. In it. Uh, I don't remember. It's supposed to be like the first time Elton John has gay sex. Uh, I don't remember. I, I think I can imagine that being in there. Yeah, I don't remember that so much, but I do remember there's like a big kind of weird orgy scene towards really? the end, which should have been in Bohemian Rhapsody. Which is weird because like when I look at Elton John, I'm New like, York that dude's a fucking nerd. Like, I don't, well, I don't now, think of yeah. him as being a dude that like was super debaucherous, but I don't know anything about him. Maybe he was. Oh, he was a big cokehead and stuff. He went to really? rehab. Yeah, that's oh, what wow. the frame, the framing device of the story is him in rehab. You know, give him oh, a I had no idea. Right, well, there you go. <laughs> Next door. I went to New Orleans. 
The real New Orleans. I'm talking the, about the better New Orleans. Nah, the yeah, Disneyland yeah. constructed <laughs> one. <laughs> nah, I went to the real one and it was pretty it's mm-hmm. pretty silly. It's it's kinda like Amsterdam, honestly. Uh it's fun, actually. It's immersive. It's pretty good. Yeah, you, you hung out with vampires in New Orleans, didn't you? Oh man, yeah. yeah talk about that. Talk about the vampires in New Orleans. Yeah. Well, yeah, so there I get I mean, New Orleans is a city which attracts, I think, two or three main demographics. It's first of all Mardi Gras goer party. Party people. Yeah. yeah like it's it's kinda like Vegas. The main strips of yeah. the French Quarter are kind of like Vegas. Very loud music, people drinking yard glasses of shit. Oh really? Yeah. I it's very much like Vegas. Get out there. Yeah, you'd probably love it. There are beads, <laughs> you know. Oh yes. Lights. But, <laughs> there are a lot of lights and there's a lot of loud music. Um and that was what I thought was kind of a shame is that you kind of associate New Orleans with jazz and stuff. And there is jazz there, but... But when you get there, it's like Pitbull. You, mostly yeah. what's pumping out of the fucking bars and shit is that kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. So you have those people who make up probably a big majority of it. And then you have like, you know, the bog standard garden variety American tourists. And then you have uh, like kind of goths and uh, yeah. people who are into comic books and horror and, uh, yeah. you know, people who think they're vampires. And yeah, it turns out there's an entire community in um, in New Orleans who constantly roleplay being vampires. I don't think they actually believe they're vampires, right? But, but it's, it's a, committed a constant bit. Yeah. committed roleplay. And so we, uh, me and my wife, were out there, and we kind of went around a few places, went to a few like voodoo shops just for mm-hmm. fun, and uh, we got. I can't remember who told us exactly, but they were like, oh, "Well, if you do want to go to an exclusive vampire place, blah blah oh, blah." Oh shit! You got a tip. We got a tip. It doesn't seem like it's quite as exclusive as they made it sound. Right. Essentially, they give you a password, and then you oh, go I and, see. Okay. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, it was like a uh, you know, it was on top of a bar in the French Quarter. So you go through the bar and then to a staircase at the back. Tell some guy a password, which was something like Elvira or something stupid. Like. <laughs> I hope it's Elvira. It was on, it, not not much off. It might have been like Crimson Queen or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I don't know, but. And then you go upstairs, and there's like a little old-fashioned bar up there. It looks a bit like something out of Interview of a Vampire or whatever. You know, old-school uh-huh. New Orleans. And then um, we go in there, and there's like this very bored, like, teenage goth girl working there. And, um, you know, pretty limited options of drinks. And we were like, well, this is cool. This is nice. And we are kind of thinking about leaving because there wasn't much going on. But there were people there who were dressed very... You know, elegantly, they dressed up to go there. Mostly older people, like kind of men in their 40s and 50s and 60s and a couple of women. Mm-hmm. And you just overhear snippets of conversations where they're talking about people who are 250 years old. And they're like, oh, God, he must be uh, 250 by now. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. And they were they were saying, I can't remember anything too specific, but they were definitely committed to the bit that they were immortal beings or something i, love, I think i heard yeah. someone talking about you know their favorite type of blood oh my god the different you know, flavors yeah i think he was talking about the different flavors and young and old you know young and old blood, like old blood <laughs> ages like wine like the most cliched shit of course but they were they meant it and they weren't doing it to perform for anyone they weren't like hired yeah, actors or just, anyone. they were there hanging it, out yeah. and living out their little fantasy of being vampires i love shit like that because it's like when you're role-playing as a vampire you know it's always the instinct if you have to play a vampire if you maybe you believe you're a vampire or whatever to just like be constantly being like mm, well 
blood. Yeah. You know, stuff like that, you know? Bats. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's so funny because it's like, if you think about what a vampire would actually be, mm. it's like you and I, we're mortals, we're humans. We don't sit around just talking about being human and mortal all day long. You know what I mean? But like, you do sit on this podcast and talk about food all day long. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a vampire, it could be different, you know. <laughs> Gourmet. I mean, but it's like, okay, like, so like the perfect example, I, I fucking hated, uh, that Jim Jarmusch uh, only, only lovers, lovers left, left alive. alive. That was a disappointing movie. And yeah. and they and the uh, Tilda Swinton and and Tom Hiddleston is that yeah. who it is? Yeah. The funniest thing about it to me that made it so cringy and funny was like those two vampires just sitting around reminiscing mm. about uh, and 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 in a, the most unnaturally written dialogue in the world where they're right. just like, and what about Mary? What was Mary Wollstonecraft like? Right, and like stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Like you know, they all that's hung out with every... all the romantics, all the British romantics they were friends with. Yeah. by coincidence. I mean, there's there's a good yeah. line in uh, there's a good line in Buffy, I think, where Spike says, like, "Oh God, if I hear another vampire talk about having been at the crucifixion." You know, oh yeah, that's a great. Joke. Said, yeah, yeah. He said something like, uh, "You know, if if every vampire who said they were at the crucifixion was actually there, then it would have been like Woodstock or something." Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah, that's a good line because that does point out yeah. that. that problem that you have with you know a lot of that immortal stuff it's like oh well obviously he knew all these really famous people that'd be like if we became immortal now yeah and then you know in 200 years people were like you know well well, obviously you must have hung out with lady gaga no (laughs) 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 there's still stratas to climb in society yeah exactly not every vampire every vampire somehow has like is like the best social climber there was never there's never someone who was a vampire and they were just a surf shoveling shoveling shit they were a toilet cleaner then yeah yeah Yeah, they're like a feudal they're a feudal slave just like shoveling cow shit their entire centuries and just occasionally drinking a cow yeah you know I mean the 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 one of the best vampire stories that you hear. I mean, we went on a ghost tour in New Orleans, a ghost yeah. and vampire and witches tour or whatever, and um, <laughs> all the hits. Yeah, and it's like some <laughs> obviously out of work actor doing a very strong Louisiana accent, which obviously isn't real. Um, <laughs> he's from Ohio. I think he even yeah. said that he, he wasn't from there, but like, yeah. yeah, he's putting on a very strong. Anyway, and you know, taking around, taking us around buildings and stuff, and then telling a little story about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a stupid haircut. He looked like Motley Crue and shit. But yeah. my name is he's Pierre. Wearing literally, my name is Pierre Delacroix. He's literally wearing a cape. I mean, is it like shit like that? Like the Creole sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, he was trying to do yeah. the old Creole shit. Yeah. So um, there's lots of vampires around these parts, right? Kind of yeah. like that. <laughs> but so you go on a walking tour of the French Quarter, which is very cool to do, and you get to see all these old buildings, like you know, a building where Count Saint Germain lived and Madame mm-hmm. uh, Laveau and stuff like that. And he told you like a little history. I mean, a lot of it sounded pretty apocryphal to me, but and sure enough, when you look it up, it was sure. But um, yeah, he he took us to uh, like a convent or like a like a Catholic orphanage or something like that, and. And he was like, ah, yeah, and you know, if you take photos, people say that they see orbs, you know, like, and maybe mm. if you take some photos now, you'll get some orbs in your photographs. And so everyone does, and my wife did, and I'm, like, looking at it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the orb. You look a little bit to the right, and there's, like, a huge floodlight that's filling the entire, <laughs> it's pointing towards you from the... Fuck, yes. So it's like, yeah, obviously, if you take a photo here, you're going to get some fucking light yeah. artifacts, you know. Um <laughs> Because it's not even that it appeared in the photo. It's like when you open the viewfinder, you oh, can see yeah. the orb. You know, it's like okay, orbs are one of the 
dumbest like <laughs> as far as funny things that people claim are paranormal activity like yeah. orbs and rods are the I mean, dumbest fucking thing there in are the world. so many more reasonable explanations that are Shockingly, far more likely. these light uh <laughs> these light phenomena appear in photographs especially in dusty places <laughs> like dusty old attics and stuff i'm getting orbs in my photos oh my yeah. god so the best part though was the finale the grand finale of the tour was he took us to some building or i think it was like a hotel lobby uh just just from the outside, looking for a pane of glass, and he says, yeah, you know, this place, if people take photos, you sometimes see, you know, ghosts in the actual hallway. Like, maybe you should all do that now. So we all, you know, everyone's going up to this window, essentially, and taking photos, and sure enough, you see some ghosts. Uh-oh. The reason for that, uh-huh. <laughs> which should be very obvious, is because everyone is crowded around this window yeah. pane <laughs> and guess what you see reflections of faces oh i thought i thought it was going to be even worse than that no i no. thought it was going to be they like stuck a fucking sheet I, on the I, inside i thought that might be you know, it wouldn't put me it, i wouldn't put it past them but no actually yeah. what it looked like was you're getting some ghosts and some of them are taking photos of you too oh wow because, imagine yeah they're seeing the, the ghosts of the ghosts of dumb tourists yeah they're seeing the reflection <laughs> of someone next to them also holding their camera up. well you know i yeah. tried to go uh last time i was in vegas i tried to go to they have like a haunted museum there it's like zach oh, baggins fuck. or yeah, something zach baggins from um ghost adventures Oh, he's like a he's like a name. Yeah, he's the the biggest douche in uh, paranormal <laughs> oh, investigation yeah. ever. Oh, I'm excited to see. He's, he's like the fucking Tucker Max of ghost hunting. <laughs> what? In, in terms like of sheer douchebagness. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I mean, he's a bit like Guy Fieri. Is he a hottie? No, he probably thinks he is. I don't think yeah. anyone finds him particularly attractive. But what does that, he look like? He looks like Chris a, Angel. He no, not quite that bad. He looks like a typical kind of like snowboarding. Bro. So like when I think of when I think of a ghost hunter, I'm picturing plain black, tight black t shirt. Yeah. Kind of a a quaffed beard. No. Maybe dark hair. That. He's got very dark hair and he's he's quite tall and just I picture him kind of burly. Yeah. Is he burly? Not particularly. Okay, so I'm not picturing but, the right guy. No, no, no. But yeah, he's got this fucking museum there which which is apparently just full of quote unquote haunted objects. I mean it's a great fucking scam to like Oh, what if it's cool though? Get a bunch, go. get a bunch of shit, put it in a place, and then say it's haunted it and charge is, people. It How much is was it? A little in? pricey. It's, it's, for, it's forty. Forty dollars to walk through. Well, a but room of some but shit it's a collected. guided tour. Yeah, I'll bet it's cool. I'm going. I'm going next yeah, time I'm there. We tried to fuck. <laughs> we tried to go. I hate that guy. We tried to go and we pulled in and there was a line because I don't think we didn't realize it was guided. Right. We thought it was just a fucking museum. Um, and we go in, and the guy's like, "Hey, just so you know, it's like a three and a half hour wait right now." Jesus. I mean, now to be fair, Labor Day weekend, right? But still, god damn. I mean, dude, he must be breaking it in from that. I mean, fair play, you know. Yeah, with absolutely no talent, yeah. you're able to make a ton so, of money yeah. off gullible people. So we just yeah. said, "Well, Zach Bagan can fuck off." We'll see mm. him in October when we come back for. Freakling Bros. Well, that's the thing is he yeah. did a an episode on Freakling Bros. for Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Wait, do it like was he like is this like is he like an Anthony Bourdain type where he's like travel destinations? They and go also to ghosts? the idea of Ghost Adventures. They go to supposedly haunted places. And okay. I guess they've run out because now they're going to actual haunted house attractions 
to let for ghosts. So like, <laughs> wait. But the weirdest thing about wait, yeah, they're no, looking the, for ghosts at Freakling Bros. Yeah, yeah they did a, oh, an, an investigation rules. on it. So the weirdest. So if you don't know Freakling Bros, it's a an attraction, a pretty well-known, long-standing attraction that comes up at Halloween in Vegas with three haunted houses. Yeah, you know? it's a lot of fun. It's like typical. I mean, a little bit better than typical fairground haunts. You yeah. Know? And they're they're pretty fun or whatever. But so he's gone there presumably while he was in town for his fucking shitty museum or whatever. Mm-hmm. Easy, cheap one to do. And uh, they go there. But the thing is, they don't even really mention that much that it's a haunted house. You know, they're a lot of what they're shocked by is stuff that would be in a haunted house anyway. What? Or like they're talking about people getting weird feelings in there or feeling scared <laughs> in there. It's like it is designed to scare you. So, you know, they're interviewing some actors who apparently are, like, uh, former employees who had to quit because they felt something unnatural or they were too scared to be in yeah. there. And these <laughs> these former employees seem like disgruntled, <laughs> yeah, know, disgruntled yeah. workers. So one of them saying, you know, this woman's like, I had to leave because the energy was so satanic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And really what it probably is is that she got offered a part in Tony and Tina's wedding or whatever. Which, <laughs> you know, the, the more, the simpler explanation yeah. is probably that for what one reason or the other it didn't work out. Yeah. One guy apparently went in there one night, just one, the first night he performed in there and then he had to leave. And, it, and he was yeah. like, because it was so evil. I was like, nah, it sounds like you. It probably, also just sucks working you, in haunts. Yeah, it sucks working in haunts, <laughs> or you probably like fell out with. The yeah. But they were talking about you know all the symbols on the on the walls. You know, it's like they have six 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 and stuff. And they're talking about <laughs> they're talking about how that's summoning summoning the devil, and it actually is inviting malevolent spirits in there or whatever the fuck they were saying. I mean, they're it was, talking about. And they're in a, they're literally in a haunted house surrounded by like goofy skulls and shit, <laughs> get, and scaring themselves. And uh, and obviously they knew that like they don't actually believe in any of it, but they do sure. stuff to get the best reactions. And then at one point they bring in an expert, and this expert is, you know, in the the little lower third with the name and profession. Profession is local satanist. <laughs> so now if you can imagine what a local Las Vegas Satanist might look like yeah you're probably not far off what this guy looked like literally like big twirly mustache oh, yeah. and like sideburns that are yeah. divided and then a big mm-hmm. goatee and yeah. he's sitting wearing like a, a purple jacket and they put him up in this fucking big throne that's probably like a Freakling Brothers prop yeah to interview him and he's just like yeah it's quite likely quite likely there's a lot of uh, satanic activity here sure <laughs> Yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's fucking. Also, terrible. is he like a, it was on for forty five minutes? I mean, the, there's no way that local Satanist is even a real guy, right? That's like that's some actor because I don't. Know. I didn't think say I thought Satanists were always the first to let you know that they don't what believe I, in magic. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. So that and from what he was saying, I was like, okay, this doesn't sound like a guy yeah. who particularly follows the Levian Satanism anyway, which yeah. tends to be the one people are goofy. talking about. Well, it also tends to be kind of it's not theistic it doesn't believe in a big demon called satan or anything it's more like a kind of joke religion literally literally levain satanism was invented so that you can go oh well actually i'm a satanist and then act like act like you didn't just say something weird oh well i don't think it's that weird you know we all had a really good sense of humor and he was a kind of funny dude and he would just host these like very big silly parties and stuff and the, if you read the Satanic Bible, it's fucking it's laugh out loud funny, not even unintentionally. I think they they mean it to be kind of silly and like over the top. Anyway, I that's remember my I, was, I, remember I was working at 
Barnes and Noble and it's like hot chicks walking around and she's just kind of like stalking the aisles a little yeah. bit and um she finally comes up to me and she's got like you know like shaved half shaved head nose ring right. and everything she goes up, she's like hey um i'm looking for a book and i was like oh okay well i can help you obviously cuz yeah I, uh, i'm actually looking for the satanic bible right I, just like but th- <laughs> i can't exactly express it as if she as if you're going to have to go Hang on and like pull out a key. And well, no, come with me. it wasn't even that. No, she <laughs> go said down it. to the vaults of Barnes. No, Noble like where she we keep the evil books. <laughs> she said it with this inflection that communicated this idea of like, so what do you think about that? Yeah, what would you? I'm say? I'm looking for. The, I'm actually looking for the Satanic Bible. Right, and you know she was just like she picked the nerdiest, dumbest looking guy there, mm. me, so that I'm hoping that I would be like, oh no, I'm gonna have to get my manager. So I was just yeah, like, oh, it's over there. Yeah. Like, literally, <laughs> take a guess. Yeah. Take a fucking guess where it is. <laughs> it's, it's, We're actually having it on sale. Yeah. You see all the yeah. fucking philosophy and religion books, how they're all right next to each other. This is yeah. actually a very well-designed bookstore. Why don't you go over there? <laughs> right, right. It's not right. going to be in the spooky section. We don't have that here. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's all kind of silly, but Anton LaVey knew that, and I think most people who consider them seriously Satanists kind of know that too, but... This guy, so I would imagine he was probably some kind of like a bit like one of those New Orleans vampires type dudes, you know? So oh, yeah. just like, hmm, yeah, I do enjoy a bit of blood with my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, the thing is, I, I have I have such I have so little to say anymore. I don't do anything. Like, I mean, what do I live out in the suburbs? I just hang around all day. I, I Hang out uh, with my wife Sean, and hang out with Sean, my stepson. That, let me just tell you, that's not quite true. You're misrepresenting yourself to our audience right now. Well, what do I do? Uh, you and I just went to trivia, and I watched you light up like oh, Christmas man. morning. That's true, yeah. I, I don't know what drunk. it... It was you were very drunk. It was after it was after the last uh, the last time we recorded this. Um, well, it was the same day. Same day. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, had a long we recorded day, this. Yeah. We took care of some business in downtown, and then yeah. we yeah we like slowly made our way back up to my neck of the woods out in the fucking yeah. the fucking barrio. Yeah. <laughs> and, so uh, so yeah, and then we went to trivia. Yeah, we're the, sitting at there the at British at, pub. We're sitting there at the fifth little. Oh, and by the way. Don't go in public places with Sean if you guys can help it, whoever's listening out here. Because we went to this bar, which is always full. It's the fifth. The fifth on... uh, I think it's on Riverside. I don't know where the fuck it is. North Hollywood, I guess. Valley Village. Valley Village. But um, yeah, so it's the fifth. Lovely little bar. Very immersive on the inside. Nice wallpaper. Red leather, whatever. And it's a pretty... uh, I don't know how to describe the clientele. Like, you know, kind of like for that area, it's pretty working class yeah. and local. Yeah. It's like a local old, old people who've been there. It is always yeah. the same, like five older ladies who are in there. Yeah. A few regulars. Yeah. And then the bartender is always like some, you know, some chick who was probably, again, banged by Motley Crue in the 80s. And well, yeah. The, the, <laughs> you know, the was, bartender, like, about will 45 just, now. She's but. like sort of the female Big Mike. Where she'll just casually drop. She'll be like, oh, yeah, my car's out there. It's zip tied together because of my fourth DUI. And yeah, like, yeah, 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 man. Fuck yes. It's my kind of place. I love that place. Oh, the yeah, only, sure. The only problem is you can't smoke while you're drinking. Otherwise, it would be my favorite local. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be. It's a great little bar. Very Lovely cheap. bar. Lovely bar. Yeah, so, of course. Fifth. That's a little plug for the fifth. So, of course, they have a jukebox that is controlled via app. Yeah, you can download an app. I recommend anyone do this. You can download an app. I think it's called Touch Tunes or something like that. 
and any bar that has a modern jukebox, like a digital jukebox, you can mm-hmm. you pay money essentially. You buy tokens and you just get your songs up. And, and they have a surprisingly diverse selection of songs. That they do. And Sean has learned that the tokens just go by song. They don't go by length. That's true. So if he wants to put if down you want a... value for money, if you find to, the longest possible songs you can put on. If he wants to positively ruin these old ladies' day with a 16-minute Opeth song, yeah, I, he I is think I, more than willing. <laughs> I put on a Swans uh, song that I think runs about 28 minutes. For that the was same r- price, that was right before we left. Yeah, for the and, I, and then we left God. them with it. Uh, for the same price as it would cost to play, uh, you know, any pop song under three minutes. And I am just embarrassed as hell. No, but the thing is, no one knows who's doing it. And the the brilliant uh, thing in a you bar, think no one knows who's doing well, it. In a, Sean, no, <laughs> we're in the a only bar two that people empty. in the bar that aren't them. No, but in a bar that empty, you can hear them start to question what's going on. Yes. So you know, when I had some of my stuff on, they'd be like, "Well, who did this? Like, what's what, what's going on?" And They're like, like indignant. Yeah. Yeah. And the bartender's like, "I don't know. Like, sometimes it just shuffles. Like, sometimes it just plays." No, the bartender to her like she didn't mention us. No, she was defending. Because she goes, because they were like, can we skip this? Can we turn this off? And she goes, someone paid for it. I can't turn it off. Someone paid for it. And I'm sitting there like, fuck yes, man. (laughs) I'm like, I am ready to kill myself. Come on, expose yourself to some new shit. Look, every time I walk into a, I walk into any like store, any grocery store, any any bar, any club, anywhere, I'm exposed to music that I fucking hate. I'm not upset about the music. I'm upset about the social situation. Situation no, you're no, creating around what us. I'm saying. If I should go in, if I ha- if I'm forced on a daily basis to go yeah. anywhere and have to listen to terrible, terrible music, at worst, you know, at worst it's modern pop shit that I hate. At very best, it's like you're in Ralph's and they're just playing stuff that they've managed to get licensing to. So like, you know, a Keen song from like 2003. But it's all fucking terrible. Mumford and Sons from right. fucking 2008. You've all got this shit. So look. I think it's absolutely fair to get my own back when and when I can. <laughs> You're so when full I'm of where. shit. No, I'm not full of shit. I think that's a perfectly valid thing. It's like don't you know, don't act like it's just like I'm just doing it because that's what I that's only right. It's you're also being, quite funny. You're being mischievous. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. of to it as well. But it is like there is a little part of me that is like, yeah, now you know what it's like. Like to to someone who's sitting in a bar and then suddenly the like most horrible death metal comes on. Yeah. Their reaction, that's what I feel internally every place that I am. Almost everywhere that I am. I've had to leave bars. I've had to actually walk out. Or if I'm in a particularly benevolent mood, I'll go up and ask them politely to change it whenever certain songs come on. I got. I was very drunk by the end of that day. And yeah. I don't get... I get slurry and a little bit, you know, a little tipsy a little or punchy. whatever. Yeah. A little, yeah, a little more pizzazz in me, but... It's been a while. It's not often that I get very drunk, drunk. After that, I was drunk, drunk. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think it's because, yeah, it was the whole day, really. It was like we went down, recorded the podcast. I probably had a bottle of wine during that. Yeah. And then uh, we went out for food. I had drank more there. Then we went to the bar. Drank more, more there, there. Then went to oh. the trivia. Drank more there. By the end of the night, I was a fucking wreck. You were really smashed at the end of that night. Yeah, that. that, really that. I I'm the funniest thing. I've ever because uh, you know people react differently when they get drunk and people react differently when they get <laughs> drunk and sometimes people even you know 
the same person might act differently depending on whatever mm. whatever factors are. I don't think I've ever seen you more gregarious than you were that night. I'm a pretty friendly drunk most of the time. I mean, it was fucking hilarious where we went to this pretty lousy trivia night frankly it was a badly run trivia night. It, and, and so for, i started getting and, ideas and for whatever <laughs> reason as the guy's on his way out sean just like stops him and i'm not joking for me the guy he means the quiz the, master. the quiz master quiz master rick uh, but That's i'm not joking is. maybe 35 straight minutes of sean just sucking quiz master rick's balls and he's just like, oh, dude, you got you got to get this at more locations, man. You got to, you got to. Do you need me to write no, questions? I can help no, you no, write no, some no. questions. I could host. That, do you need me to host? No, no, no. That's not exactly what happened. Why is exactly what? No, happened. what I said was I was like, you know, there is a good market for out here. Yeah. It sucks that basically you only have one night a week for yeah. trivia in this in this town, and I know that other people would like it a lot more. And, you know, that's kind of easy. I was trying to ask him how much he's kind of made from it. Yeah. And he, 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 if he put a bit more effort in, he could make that a full-time, at least supplemental income. Right. He could make a couple of hundred dollars a night if he, if yeah. he was smart. So I was saying, that, you know, like, like we talked to me and my wife, you know. Yeah, yeah. I always invoke my fucking wife because yeah. she's good at business stuff. Yeah. So I'm like... Yeah, you know, we could we could actually make this a thing in Thousand Oaks. It know? was very weird. Yeah, but it was, I was also very like, drunk. And you were just like, "Hey, Quizmaster Rick, come here!" <laughs> like, I swear to God, if I found out that like after I dropped you off at home, Quizmaster Rick pulled around the corner and you got in his car, <laughs> I wouldn't be that shocked. I don't know, man. But like, <laughs> but I remember we were sitting in the car outside my outside my house uh-huh. when you dropped me off for yeah. a while and just chatting. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I got a text from my wife that she said, you've been parked outside for a long time. Do you need help coming in? <laughs> <laughs> Do you need help coming inside the house? Can Max help you? <laughs> yeah. Wait, so not only did she say, do you need help coming in? She said, can Max Yeah, I was like, can Max help you come in? Are you all right? And I was like, no, I was fine. I'm just drunk. We were just chatting shit. And she, yeah. and she kept calling me something. That it was like it was kind of annoying at first, and now it's kind of funny. But she was just like, yep, you're a drunky monkey. Aw. Drunky monkey. Cute. Yeah, but I, I kept fucking up because in my head, I was like, she also says about like stoners. Yeah. If she talks about stoners, she calls them stony balonies. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> yeah, she's, she's like a like a sixties Boston woman. Yeah, really. <laughs> Stony baloney over there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I kept saying, "Yeah, sorry, I'm drunky, drunky baloney," and she was like, "No." <laughs> that was embarrassing. That's I felt like go- here's, here's the thing with me and drinking is like if I get drunk and um, especially if I get a hangover in the morning, I start to feel a lot of guilt. And a lot of shame. Oh, yeah, yeah like, I feel a lot of shame. And I, I, it's not uncommon. If you've ever been out drinking with me and I've gotten a little bit over the influence, you know, it's not uncommon to get a text from me in the morning being like, hey, sorry if I said anything. I've, blah, gotten, blah, a blah, few, blah. <laughs> I've gotten a few texts from you for various yeah. occasions. It's like apology. I think you get really introspective when you wake I, up and you start yeah, worrying. Yeah, because you look back through sober eyes and you look back at the kind of person that you were that I've night. never, I have, don't recall ever being mad at you in my life. You don't do anything that pisses me off. No, the thing I don't, I don't usually get in trouble. Yeah, like, I, I but I've gotten don't... many apology texts from it's you. It's a purely yeah, yeah, and there have been people who are like, "What are you talking about?" You yeah, know? but like I, in my head, I'm like, "God, I said some embarrassing yeah. shit," or I, you know, you know, I I remember like lecturing one friend of mine who I'd kind of hidden my opinion about their work. You know, and then I Uh-oh. got I got in a conversation with them, and I just started saying, you know, like, you know, you could do a lot better. 
Uh-oh. But I'm drunk, you know. <laughs> so I sent them a, an Their apology Their creative test. output. Yeah, so I sent them an apology test, too. And they were like, no, no, you're actually right. <laughs> <laughs> I started them on a new chapter yeah, in life. Did. Suddenly, I, I've like ruined uh. their life, kind of. Uh, I convinced someone to come out of the closet when I was drunk by accident. <laughs> Again, because I was like, Wouldn't you know, it be great like, just embrace like, it. And the, yeah. uh, a few a few weeks later, he'd come out. Yeah. And I was oh, like, there you go. shit, that was fucking me. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't no nonsense. That. No, but it's like, that's yeah. not my place. And if I'm yeah. sober, I won't, I won't generally do that kind of thing but when i'm drunk yeah i certainly get a little bit i get very into lecturing people on what they're doing wrong <laughs> <laughs> even though i'm drunk as fuck and i'm, yeah. I'm a fucking state <laughs> but i get very into telling people how they could improve their their circumstances well that's it i'm trying to get to my show here we got a we got All a right. packed house tonight to perform for Six people. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I might ask my wife if I can go back. I asked Brandon yeah, already. Make sure I was you like, do. If I can come back, like, can I go for a different dad? Yeah. Because it, it kind of sucked going to that show. I mean, not the, the show was we're fine. In the but same, it, we're in the same order every time, so he'll know where. Oh, to yeah, put yeah. I mean, he put Rachel yeah. in a certain place. Yeah. I think he thought whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah we've. Um, well, he took her out of the to... stomach punching scene. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was it. Uh, no, but with uh, with regards to it, it's like yeah, because I I saw Max. I like glant, glimpsed him yeah. a couple of times in the show, but I never actually saw any acting that you did really, yeah. except for a couple of small group things. Yeah. Uh, so it would be nice to go back and get to see. Yeah. You know, David's and uh, yeah, a couple of other people. Yeah. In it, uh, I'd like to see. Um, you can have me. I do a. I I do a a scene in the tent that I think is pretty funny. That wait, I, wait, is that your one shit? Because if you want shit, then I'm not going to pay $15 to see it. Oh, I'll um, someone else. Is it shit? That's a good question. Um, well, I'll tell you this. You had Nico. Yeah. So mine will be, you'll see all the scenes you didn't see with her. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, that's good. Um, so if you usually, if you get, just get two different kids, you'll have seen every scene in the show. Okay. Like, uh, did she take you to the doctor? No. Okay. She took you to Grandpa. No, she didn't. Never got Grandpa. You never got Grandpa? Might have been a mistake, but no, I saw him walking around. Yeah. Like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> no, I saw him walking around, but I never got him. Um, okay, so Nico's track must be... So she sang you a song. Yeah. That's she sang me a few songs, actually. That's, a, that's shitty. I don't no, like that. No, I, I don't know. I, that was I, cute. I reacted well to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. You know, I think it was a bit that was meant to maybe maybe shock you a little bit or make you go, ooh. Yeah. But I just went like, ah, oh, that sounds like granddad. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. And then the tent scene, she asks you about global warming. Yeah. I do that scene. The shadow puppets. I do that scene completely differently. I do yeah. shadow puppets. I'm yeah. glad that everyone yeah, stole my fucking idea. That was your idea. <laughs> right. but, yeah. but no, I tell you a story that is uh, very thinly veiled about me and our upbringing well, if, and I, if i can yeah. if i can if i can get there maybe i'll go tonight maybe yeah, i'll sure. see maybe i'll get you yeah, if you want to get me that's maybe you'll be my kid yep there you go yeah but that's right. that's a, that's a plug for dad at zombie dad, a paternal Theater. immersive experience i don't usually promote the shows i'm in so i must really believe in this one hmm. yeah it's good fun it's, it's good, good, fun. It's good fun. fun it's uh so zombie joe's underground sunday monday and tuesday for the next what three just weeks? sunday monday oh it's not tuesday nope. okay sunday monday next two weeks three weeks all right. Which one? Sunday, Monday for the next two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, by the time this comes out. Yeah. All right. There will only be three show dates left. Maybe I'll put this one out quick. I'll get, everyone who I'll listens get a rush to this will have seen it already. Yeah. <laughs>